back with Vershawn Jackson, sponsored by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Chickened out on us. Oh, I, hey, hey, I had, I had me one. I thought he was going. He didn't want to do it on. He didn't want to do it on the radio. Just say you didn't want to do it on the radio. It's all good. See, 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 Jake, you can't put pressure on people like that. Just gotta let them do it. You gotta let them get the fifty. We won't even put it on the radio. You still want to try? Come on, man. We ain't gonna put it on the radio. Come on, let's go. What's your name? Louis. We got, we got, we got Sty on. Big Sty, how you doing, big fella? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Sty, I'm down here at uh, Wingstop on 50th and O Street, uh, uh, giving out free $25 gift cards if you come down and do 50 uh, push-ups straight. What you got for 50? me? 50. Easy. 50. Easy. <laughs> easy. Easy. In my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, I've been listening, and you and I talked about this. I've been listening to your show. I knew you had the gift of gab, um, but man, you're doing a heck of a job, all you guys there. Uh, so I just wanted to give you those props and tell you to keep it up, man. It's awesome. I, man, I appreciate it, big fella. You know, I'm just trying to fall in and get in where I fit in, but it's it, it, the honor is talking to uh, you guys. You know, reliving some of that stuff, but but actually going back and watching it, it it's it's truly amazing to see how good we were as players. Okay, I'm talking yep. players now, because I oh, yeah. think sometimes fans we get to we think that uh, it's all on the coaches, and mm-hmm. I'm here to say that. You know, you guys before us, when I'm coming in the weight room and seeing you guys with the 165-pound dumbbells, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that right there in itself was a statement. Oh, yeah. You know, so. You know, and I think, you know it's amazing to me um, as you go through the process from, you know, midget football into high school, into college, and then if you do have an opportunity to play at the next level, the development from high school, uh, it really depends on the system. And then when you get to college, the system is a direct reflection of that development. And it, a lot of it has to do with the players that are in front of you and the system that you're brought up in. And then when you get to the pros, it's, it's completely different because the pros, you're expected. I mean, that's, that, that's your business. And so development there is just by experience getting more plays in but, you know, in college, to me, I, I really felt like the development was a direct reflection of the guys that I was around, the guys that I trained with in-season and off-season. Um, it, w- it was something else. And, you know, of course, you know, the era that we lived in, it was more about, you know, you were an anomaly if you played early. You know, it's specifically the Will Shields of the world, the Tommy Frazier's that were exceptionally talented, came from systems that were very similar to what Nebraska ran. Um, but uh, part for the course was, you know, you developed uh, two to three years, and then you got your chance to start. So um, I was very fortunate. Uh, I think you could say the same thing, uh, to be a part of that and be around those kind of players that were exceptionally gifted, um, you know, what God gave them, but also had the ability to focus and develop and watch and learn from the guys around them. 
talking to Brendan Stye, uh, national champion and former NFLer. Brendan, when you, how did you make it to Nebraska? Did you know about Nebraska? How in the heck did you come all the way from Yorba? How you say that? Yorba Linda, California. Yorba Linda, Richard Nixon's birthplace. Um, you know, it was an interesting process. The whole recruiting deal. You know, you get five trips, uh, official trips. Um, I had uh, I'd taken three official trips, and I was being recruited heavily by the Pac-10. So. You know, UCLA, USC, Arizona State, Arizona, Washington, Washington State. Really liked San Diego State. Um, but it was interesting. The guy that I is still a good friend of mine and business partner, his name's Keith Navini. He ended up at UW and got a national championship there before he got hurt. But George Darlington came to our high school uh, going into my junior year to watch Keith work out uh, one summer. And um, my my head coach led him into the weight room and said, there's Keith, and he's working out with Brendan. And Darlington was, you know, obviously impressed with Keith, six foot six, and he was like the number one rated defensive tackle by his senior year um, on the West Coast. And George was like, so Brendan Stein, can I watch some film on him? And at that point, I'd gotten letters from Nebraska. But to be quite honest with you, I was going towards a comfort zone for me because I was born in Phoenix. My mom's family was from Phoenix, Arizona State. They were on me. I mean, their offensive line coach was at my practices during the season at least once a week. And it was, it was you know, the relationship I had with him was great. Uh, the guy, you know, he just graduated two offensive linemen into the NFL, Todd Kalis and a guy by the name of Randall McDaniel. You probably remember that name. Oh, yeah. And so I was super impressed with his system and how they like to run the football. And I kind of came from a kind of a, a run first type of mentality offense. Um, so anyhow, it was George who, uh, you know, he really kind of started that process and turned up the heat. And I had verbally committed to Arizona State. And so I was sitting in one of our portable classrooms uh, one morning and my coach comes in and this was, uh, about a month and a half before signing day. And he excused me from class. Early morning, sun's rising in the east. I walk down the ADA ramp from this portable, and there's this gentleman standing there uh, wearing a red blazer and gray slacks. He's got one eye open because that sun shining down <laughs> on his face. And you're, you're real familiar with this look. And I knew about Nebraska. Uh, I knew about Coach Tom Osborne. But it wasn't like we had the Internet. You know, it was, I got to see them typically once or twice a year and in a bowl game. You know, certainly Thanksgiving, Nebraska was always on versus Oklahoma. And so I was semi-familiar. Um, you literally had to go to the library and pull up the fish, if anybody knows what that is, uh, to get newspaper articles to read about some of their history and tradition. So I um, had a chance to sit down with him, walked across campus, knew I was walking with a living legend. And, you know, he proceeded to kind of go over – his strategic plan and first and foremost it started with the recruiting class and so he went through from a to z the guys that had committed the guys that were going to get signed um, in less than a month and a half and he had every great player from nebraska um, he also uh, because nebraska is a national recruiting school had some impressive names on uh, that list as far as the recruiting class 
let me, so let me, let me, let me, hold, me. Yeah, go ahead. Stop, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you, 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 you said that you said that recruiting class, and let me just sidebar this thing with this yeah. recruiting class. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, because I wrote it down because I was like, holy mm-hmm. smokes, Cedric Collins, yeah. Terry Keneally, Corey Dixon, Ty Gregano, uh, Brian Havens, Vincent Hawkins, Bill Humphrey, Calvin Jones, Dante Jones, Matt Jones, John Peterson, Corey Schlesinger. Jay Spearman, of course, yourself, Ed Stewart, Zach Wieger, Dwayne Wiles, Kenny Wilhite, Rob Zadiska, 47 letters earned by 15 of the 20. Uh, we had a major trophy winner in Zach Wieger, All-American in Stye, Stewart, and Wieger, All-Conference, Keneally, Calvin Jones, Dante Jones, of course, Stye, Stewart, and, or, and Wieger. And then you got to talk, talk about the notable walk-on, which would have been Joe Wilkes, uh, four of the five pipelines. So I just had to – I had to sidebar yeah. that because that was an amazing class. I did not know that. You guys all came in that class. Yeah, and, and, and when I looked at it, I, of course, you know, you, you look at all – back then it was the blue chip and, you know, uh, I can't remember the, the magazine service that, you know, you kind of flipped through and you saw all the guys. And so getting back to uh, Coach Osborne, you know, we, we sat down, we watched some film and, and – uh, you know, he had offered me a scholarship and said, you know, he really wanted me to take a visit because he didn't, you know, he, he really felt like, and he respected the fact that Arizona State, I had verbal, but I had two trips left and he said, just come on out and, and just to make sure you're making the right decision, uh, check out what we've got. And uh, so I did. And my mom and I went out and it was actually the beginning of February. I think signing day was maybe the middle of February back then. I can't really remember. But it was during a blizzard. I, I went back to Nebraska. And so my mom and dad are from the Midwest, Chicago, Minnesota. And I don't know. It was in my blood. I just felt at home. It was an unbelievable 48-hour trip. Um, and so that Sunday, usually you sit down uh, after a brunch or breakfast, whatever, with everybody that's there on the visit. Um, and you sit down individually with the coach. So I went in. We talked. And this is the first time I ever had a an extreme sales pitch uh, by anybody in my life. But, you know, Coach Osmond basically told me the facts and who they had offered to the scholarships they had left. And he had told me, well, he told me that uh, there was one scholarship left for an offensive lineman. And they, they designated me as that offensive lineman. Now, going back, they really weren't sure because I played both sides of the ball. Um, but he said, you know, their plan for me was to, to – you got to remember, Matt, I was 240 pounds when I got to Nebraska. So they were looking at me both as a D-lineman, offensive lineman, but designated the scholarship as an offensive lineman. And he said to me right there at the Cornhusker Hotel, um, Brennan, we really want you as an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, scholarship. Uh, but if you leave today and you don't re-decide and verbal with us, we're going to go ahead and give it to somebody else. <laughs> so I'm sitting here looking at him going, Wow. Okay. Pressure's Talk about off. pressure. And, you know, I went back to my room. Um, Mom was waiting for me. Uh, you know, told her about what I just heard. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of if I didn't make this decision to switch my verbal commitment from Arizona State to Nebraska, I would regret it for the rest of my life. And so she agreed. Went back downstairs, told the coach um, he's looking at a Husker. And that was it. I mean, it was just incredible, um, that whole whirlwind of events. And next thing you know, you know, I'm in Lincoln, you know, come August. 
what was your mindset being – how tall were you at that time, at that point? I was 6'3", 245 pounds, soaking wet. Um, yeah, so I did a tremendous amount of growing, as you can imagine. I went to 6'5", and I got all the way up to 315 by my senior year. But so, but when you came as a as a as a, as a true freshman, I imagine you redshirted, right? Yeah. So back then, remember they still had the, uh, the freshman football. Oh, freshman team. team. Okay. Yep. And that was what the last year, my freshman play? year. And so myself, Terry Keneally, Ed Stewart, Zach, and Rob all redshirted. Everybody else played freshman ball, which kind of sucked for those guys because you think about if you played freshman ball back then, then that next year you redshirted typically. And then you had the third year to start competing to play. So, you know, we, we were ahead of the game because we were redshirting, and then, boom, that next year we had the ability to push for a starting position and or get playing time. And to be quite honest with you, only really two guys got, um, you know, significant playing time, and I think it was Ed Stewart, who had transitioned from safety to linebacker, and Rob Zadiska, who was – I mean, he was just – an anomaly. I mean, I showed up, and I thought he was a senior offensive lineman. Remember, they were practicing for the uh, tribal uh, still at Memorial Stadium, and I walked into right. the training room there, and there's this guy sitting up on the, the tables. You remember, get your, your ankles taped. Giant dude. I mean, he had hair all over his chest, you know, full-on beard. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I must be one of the senior offensive linemen. And then he had a deep friendly. voice. Yeah, hi, I'm Rob Zadichka, and I read about him. I'm like, holy cow, this guy's already 310 pounds. So, yeah, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a unique opportunity uh, to redshirt. We still helped out uh, with uh, freshman ball and practices, but I never got to play in any of those freshman games. Did, did you, who, who'd you work out? Who was the guy that, that took you under their wings as far as working out? How did you get to be Brandon Stye, 6'5", 315? The Brandon Stye that you, we you, know, right. the incredible Hawk Brandon so, Stye. Yeah, so, you know, I came from a high school um, where we competed in weightlifting. And when you were a freshman at Esperanza High School, you had to take shop medal, right? And so you, what you were designated to do was you and a, a couple guys would build a squat rack. And that squat rack followed you all the way through your tenure in the football program in the weight room. And it's funny because, you know, back then recruiting allowed schools to send out the posters and you could you know, put them all over the place. We had them all in our weight room. Well, in my squat rack, we had a poster of the old weight room, Nebraska football on the, on the air duct. Remember that? And then yeah. there, was two, there was three bubbles. It was Boyd Epley, and then there was uh, Dean Steinkuhler and Dave Remington in the weight room. So I, I literally – was working out in front of this in that squat rack for, you know, three years. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, it'd be the place that I spent, uh, you know, a good four years in. Who put that picture there? Uh, our, our coaches. You know, our, my high school, I was very fortunate. Like I said, we came from a great strength and conditioning program, a great track and field, shot put disc program, and our football program was solid. We had guys, Division One scholarship athletes every year two or three, um, you know, typically it was Pac-10 schools, you know, the UCLA, the USC's, Washington, Washington State, um, you know, Arizona, Arizona State. These were the schools that heavily recruited us. So I was I was fortunate to, to have that opportunity. And, you know, you go through that, that system and you, know, you walk into Nebraska 
and here it is all laid out in front of you. Um, guys that have been in the program for four years. What was amazing to me, though, to be honest with you, Vershawn, when I, when I got to Nebraska, you know, I was stronger on the bench press than most of our starting offensive line. <laughs> you know, wow. they were super strong with their legs. But, you know, I had already had that, you know, I bench pressed 420 pounds out of high school. So, wow. you know, I had, you know, and it was a, a, a byproduct of the system I was in in high school. And so, you know, when I got to Nebraska, there was one guy that was my, just my buddy on and off the field, in and out of the weight room, was Joel Wilkes. And he and I went through, Joe Wilkes. you know, a lot of ups and downs. And we always lived by um, the acronym PMA, Positive Mental Attitude. We had it in our lockers and he and I just pushed each other. And then, of course, you naturally, um, you know, migrate in the, the O-line as you're developing through that. So, you know, Rob was a big part of that. Zach, when he decided he wanted to lift, uh, he was a part of that. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I mean you know, again, you, you share those experiences in the development part, you're pushing each other. And I think, you know, there was, it was about year three, um, there was, there was a huge turn of, I think just the overall mentality of, what it took to get there. And by the time we played that, that Florida state game, um, we, we weren't quite humming all together yet, but in the weight room on the practice field, uh, you know, in season, out of season, uh, that mentality, that work ethic was there. And it was just a matter of us getting over the hump of winning a bowl game and proving to ourselves and everybody else that we could do it. Did, would your bench press go up to by the time you left? I benched uh, five twenty five in that way. I mean, that's more than most people squat. Yeah, I know. It was, it was stupid. How Crazy. important? But, you know, let's talk that's, about that's the way we were. You know, you, you mentioned the one sixty fives. My recollection, um, there was one point where Boyd only had about a hundred and fifty pound dumbbells in there, and uh, you know, through a little conversation and yelling. Was, you know, we needed to get more weight in there. And so we it went all the way up to 185 on those dumbbells. Yeah. That, well, talk about that, though, because I don't think people really understand. Okay, we did Boyd's workout, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you didn't have a choice. that You had to do that. But when did the real workout start? Was it Boyd's workout or was it we did Boyd's workout to make sure we got that done and then the workout? Because it seemed to me those weren't Boyd workouts when you guys had those big old dumbbells. That's right. That's right. So, you know, Boyd and I go way back. Um, you know, there was a point in time where, you know, you kind of go through phases in workouts and not everybody responds to the same workout. And like, you know, a running back uh, is going to respond better on the field uh, to a certain workout than an offensive line. Does. And it all, you know, really, the, I think Boyd's underlining uh, methodology was to teach quick twitch muscles, right? And so there's different ways to go about that. You know, a receiver's got to run all day long on his routes. A running back's got to have the ability to not only run, catch the ball, but, you know, take that pounding and and develop his body to where he's not too heavy, but yet he can go through the grind. An offensive lineman, you're hitting somebody every single play. You're having to run, you know, at most 15 yards, um, you know, maybe on a screen, uh, but the ability to continue condition yourself uh, both cardiovascularly and uh, your muscle fast switch um, are different. So, you know, we didn't, 
necessarily agree eye to eye. And it came down to um, really Boyd was like, hey, if you don't do the workouts that I'm telling you to do, you can't work out here anymore. Well, not to go down a rabbit hole, um, but uh, Milk right. found out about it and uh, basically said if Brenda doesn't work out in the weight room, nobody works out in the weight room. And so Boyd and I agreed to disagree. And there's a core of us, uh, you know, pipeline guys that uh, stuck to the uh, the heavy power lifting and took a lot of pride in it. And we were we were uh, we were called the lights lights on lights out guys. Um, you know, we, you just couldn't get us out of there if we weren't in that weight room. We were over the wreck. And those are the little things, uh, doing things above and beyond what's expected and what's on the card and, and really identifying what works best for you. Yeah, I, 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 again, it, it's what made us champs was 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 not just doing the the uh, Boyd Epley workout, but it was doing the extra stuff. It was me watching you guys and saying, man, I want I want to do some of that stuff. No, I can't do the 165s, but I can do the 80s and the 90s. There you go. You know. you work your way Work your way up. Work with, you you know, know, it was it was crazy because we would play. Back then, our schedules were, you know, we had maybe three games, and you know this better than anybody, is, you know, the Colorados of the world, the Oklahomas of the world, and for a time there, Kansas State. Um, yeah. The other games uh, were competitive, but we would practice extra. In, we would have Colorado sessions three weeks, four weeks, or even the summer uh, in focusing on some of their concepts for maybe a couple periods and then go on to our normal stuff. So, you know, for us, it was, uh, you know, those preseason games, uh, non-conference, you know, we're playing the Pacifics of the world. So we would play a Pacific. We might get two series in and I'm eating a hot dog on the sideline, you know? So you know, we would go into the weight room after the game and work out. That's how crazy we were. Wow. 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 I'm talking to Brendan Stein. Yep. Brendan, what the pipeline, where'd it come from? Uh, in the weight room, we were sitting around and, and really kind of started with, you know, even today, people talk about the seventies and, more so about the 90s, but when we were there, you know, the 70s were everything, right? Because they won those two national championships. So we would always talk about, like, what did those guys do back in the day? You know, what, what was their mindset? How can we emulate that to try to, you know, get us to that level and, and take us to the next level? And so, you know, we're sitting around one day, and we're doing probably curls for the girls, and I remember it was off to that side room there where those smaller dumbbells were, and people would walk by the glass there, and it just felt like you were in a zoo. You know, you were right. the animal. Hey, look at the animal. Um, but, yeah, I think it was just uh, just kicking around some ideas. I said, you know, I was doing curls. I said, what about the pipeline, guys? We should be called the pipeline for two reasons. One, our strength. And then, you know, think about a pipe or a culvert. A large culvert just rolls over, you know, whatever it's in front of. It's just going to completely flatten and pancakes. So all of these things kind of uh, resonated, and, and really that's where the pipeline started, was right in that weight room. Wow, but, it's, but, it, but it started with you, know, you so guys. You know the stock's up? Remember how we kind of changed college football? Yeah. You know, we, we used to call it like socks up Tuesday or socks up Wednesday. Go out to practice, pull our socks all the way up the pipeline to do that. And then all of a sudden right. it started taking shape where everybody was doing it. By, I think the time we got to our, uh, you know, the national championship game, everybody was wearing the socks up to the point of if they weren't holding up, we'd tape them up. And then yeah. it seemed like that next year, it just, the whole team got their socks up. And then you saw it kind of spread throughout college football. It was interesting how that whole process started. 
you know, <laughs> and as far as, you know, the look, they were like, what did those guys look like back back then? You know, they all, all had uh, uh, lamb chops and sideburns and, you know, long hair and, and mustaches. So <laughs> we, that one summer, my senior summer, we all grew mustaches and beards and lamb chops and sideburns. And it was funny because we came out for picture day and I still had my, my mustache and my sideburns and all those guys shaved. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so the picture, the picture that I took is the picture that Chris Anderson at the time, who was ahead of uh, PR, uh, she put that on my All-American picture. So when you walk by the All-American pictures, I kind of have this uh, 70s uh, uh, Dirk Diggler look to you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big fella, we gotta pay some. We gotta pay some bills. Hey, I'm live at Wingstop talking to Brandon Stye. We'll be right back. It's the captain on the ticket, ninety three point seven.